Praise the Lord. There's nothing on the screen in front of me. Let us pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you for this hour. It's always a time of blessing when we hear your word. We have prayed about this meeting. We are so grateful that you've answered our prayers. We are here just to thank you and to enjoy the answers to the prayers. Blessed be thy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we are talking about, you know, the theme is the Lord who heals you. And our text is Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Today I want to talk about being spirit-minded. Being spirit-minded. John 6, 63 to 69. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So today, the Lord wants to do something deeper than on Thursday. On Thursday, we are focusing on physical healing. Today, we are focusing on holistic healing. Healing for the total man. Healing for your mind. Healing for your body. Because a lot of uh, things happen to our mind and bring us serious situations. Depressions, discouragements, all manner of things that go on in the human mind. And then in the body, and then we have situations that when challenging our faith, we have character flaws that we know shouldn't be there, but it's challenging our faith. And we are not happy about it. And we'll be struggling with it for years. It's all part of the holistic healing that the Lord will perform today. So it's not just physical healing, body healing, but also our character to re, to, to re, reposition your character to become something that will bring him glory and give you fullness of joy that you are representing Christ appropriately. I, I think this is something to be excited about. Praise the Lord. So we go to the heart of the matter. Our heart and our thinking. That's the heart of the matter. Our heart and our thinking. Don't look further than there. Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Out of our heart comes every issue of my life. All of it. It is isn't some. It is in part. All of it. So if we want to get into holistic healing, we need to go straight to our heart and find how our heart can produce exactly what God has in mind and what, what is the purpose of God for my life as I'm living this life? As I'm living this life. So the, we read it all the time. We say, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he ends up being. And another scripture says to us, he said, it shall be to you according to what you believe. Which means my life is exactly what I have believed all along. All along. <clears throat> That's Matthew 9, 29. Then Jesus, then touch he their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. So if we can straighten out our thinking, then we can straighten out our lives, including our health. Including our health. Because all the issues of life come from there, including my health, including my finances, including, including my character. If I can straighten out my... Uh, can you hear me? 
If I can straighten out my thinking, then I can straighten out my life. There's no point having partial healing. You, you can have physical healing, but you have issues other places, and those things will make the, the sickness come back. But there are certain things that make sicknesses come back. So we need to uproot this thing from the root and take it up. So that even if you are healed, then you can fight the fight of it and it won't come back. So our character and our failures, our victories can be traced to what we have believed about ourselves. If we can get our thinking straightened out, like I said, then we can get our life straightened out and our mouth healed, for instance, to say the right things for everything we say comes from the heart. Not another person's heart. You know, there are things in our hearts we have believed, even about ourselves, and we don't even know we have believed them. It may be somebody told you something when you were young or something about you, it has talked to you. Maybe experience you had in life, and then you are disappointed with people. You know, there are a lot of things in our hearts that we don't even, we are not conscious of the fact that they are, but they are remotely controlling and affecting our lives. You know, they say that anger makes you speak the truth. Sometimes it is when we are angry that we voice out what we have in our heart, which we never wanted to talk about. But anger will make you say it because it's been there. Situations, circumstances will make us say something which we have been hiding. We never had the courage to say it comes out. And that's true. So David in Psalm 139, verse 23 said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me. You know, sometimes you say, to, you say, oh, Pastor, you know, I've forgiven. I have forgiven. Oh, yeah. But you see the person, something in you, Chants like what I did. Chants. Don't you realize something is happening? Something in you chants up. You prefer to avoid them. Really. If you, are, if you are with them, you are just being courteous. But you know it and God knows it that you're not comfortable with it. Those things are very, very spiritually dangerous if you understand scriptures very well. So there are two ways we think. Either we think carnally or spiritually, but never both at the same time. You're either either thinking carnally or you're thinking spiritually, but you can't think both at the same time. Carnal thinking is meditating only on things of the physical world, depending on your senses, feelings, human wisdom to verify information and figure things out. That's your dominant domain from where you process things. Seeing things from human point of view and not from God's point of view. It's not that you don't read Bible. It's not that you don't go to church. It's not that you haven't been a Christian for a long time, but the fact remains that your mind hasn't been sufficiently renewed so what is dominant in your life is still the, 
where you are comfortable is seeing things from the natural. That's what makes you comfortable. When we switch to the spiritual, you feel uncomfortable because you can't figure it out. So you run back to where you are comfortable. Your comfort zone is the natural zone. It's the natural zone. And so we see things in the natural realm. And when you, when you live in the natural realm, you live in the realm of failure. In the realm of discouragement. In the realm of limitations. Let, let, let me take an example. The doctor gives you a report and says you have cancer. You know, if you live in the realm of the natural, you are finished. Yeah, it's over. Game over. Because you see, in that realm, there's no answer. There's no answer. So it's a realm of defeat. It's a realm of limitation. And the scripture talks about it. Jeremiah 15, 17, 5. Thus said the Lord, cost be the man that trusted the man. Because you see, when you are focused on the natural, all you can deal with is natural. Your resources natural. Human beings, yourself. So cause be the man that trusted the man and make it flesh his arm. And whose heart departed from the Lord. And in Psalm 146 verse 3, put, put not your trust in princes, nor in the son of man. Why? In whom there is no help. In the natural realm, you don't have any help. His bread goes forth, he returned to his heart, and in that very day, his thoughts perished. I was talking about all of us. And in that realm, you find that you are always doing self, self-medication. You know, you're always finding what you did wrong and always trying to do more. You can even do spiritual things more. You can fast more. I'm telling you, you can get very religious more, and you do more because you don't see results. You do more. You don't see results. You do more. And you do more. Give yourself penance. Give yourself this. It's all coming from your natural mind. You never do enough because it's like it's like using something that's. It's not helpful to you. So you increase, you increase this, increase that. And you labor a lot. You know what you never see in that room where you live? You never see God at work. You are not going to see God at work. Or, so, or see Jesus. Or see the word of God at work. Accomplished for you. Things that God accomplished for you on the cross. You will not see them in the, looking at the natural realm. It's not there. Because God is a spirit. He walks only in the spirit realm. Where you are looking, it's not where God walks. And the kingdom of God is not of this world. So you are looking outside of divine God's kingdom. So you won't see anything that God is doing. Because all you see is people. You can be religious. I'm not saying you, you can't be very, very. 
is a, is, is a realm of the demonic. You say, Pastor, really? Yeah. Because the Bible said that devil is the God of this world. So where you're focusing is where he's the God of this world. Second Corinthians 4, 4. In whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them, which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. Jesus called him the prince of this world. He's the prince of this world. All these world systems and all these fashions of the world, he's the one churning it out. And he uses human wisdom a lot to deceive people. In John 12, 31, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Jesus called him the prince of this world. The Holy Spirit says he's the God of this world. So if, uh, if, uh, if my dominant area of thinking is this world, I'm, without knowing it, subjecting myself to demonic influences. I'm dwelling on the natural life. Do not see the new life now. Dwell only on your sins. Just it's natural now. Yeah, because you, you're not seeing into the kingdom. You're not seeing God at work. You're not seeing your redemption. You're not. You're seeing in the natural realm. And in the natural realm, you see your fault. That there. And you know, it's a realm of trying to resurrect what is dead. It's a realm of walking. If you, if you go to the grave and see somebody going around there, you think it's normal. But when you are carnally minded, you are really walking in the grave and looking for something God buried that is dead. You can, you can say, and you identify with it. Because you say, oh, my own is anger. Oh, you know, my own is this. Ah, my own is this. Oh, this runs in our family. <laughs> you identify with, the, with dead stuff. Things that God killed and buried, you are, look, you are identifying with death. Because you identify with the old man, you identify with your natural being. You are not identified with life. Let me show you what God did. Romans 6 4. For we died and we are buried with Christ by baptism. We have the old man been buried. So why you identified with a dead person? It's dead. Buried. That anger is buried. Completely buried. So why, what are they doing in the graveyard? It's not the realm of life. That's why the Bible says, if you follow the flesh, you shall surely die. It's not the realm of life. You are looking for what God has already buried. Dead. You see, the reason you are looking there is because you are not looking into the kingdom and seeing the spirit world. If you look there, you see the work of God. You see that God buried this thing. We'll be talking about it again. You come make, open your mouth and say, my own is anger. <laughs> that person has been buried. 
And as long as you're identifying with that person, you are not identifying with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection for you. Let me read Romans 6 for again. For we were dead, for we died, and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised by, from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also live new life while reason. What, what they are looking for, the person you are looking for is buried. It's in the grave. It's gone. Why are we going to the graveyard? Oh my God. And there you, in that kind of mindset, you miss God completely because God says, I'm not the God of the dead. I'm not, God is not working on dead, dead people. They are finished. The old man has been buried. God is no more working on it. God is finished with it. So if you identify with it, I want you to tell me how your character will be the new life that is risen with Christ. When you are living, seeking for the living among the dead. That's what we do. That's why the Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Luke 28, for he is not a God of the dead. He said, the old man has been buried, he's dead. Gone. That anger is gone. Whatever you have from your parent, whatever parent is gone. That old man that used to be associated with dead, dead, buried is gone. Luke 24, 5. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek you the living among the dead? You, are, you don't belong there. You are alive in Christ. The one buried, leave me alone. It's not going to be resurrected. It's finished. Can I hear amen? When you start testifying about it, it, it tells exactly that you are carnal-minded. You are completely not focused on the realm of the kingdom. You are not seeing what God is doing because you are looking at the natural and seeing things from the natural point of view and saying it. Saying it. So... People with that kind of mindset, they do not see themselves that they have risen with Christ, that they are new creatures. They don't see themselves that they are righteous. No, because they see themselves from what they are doing. They don't see themselves from what God is doing. And they focus on sin that is dethroned. Sin has been dethroned. People. It's finished. Carnal-minded person will not live sin alone. Because he sees sin everywhere. He sees sin in his life. He sees sin everywhere. He doesn't see grace. That's greater than sin. Can I hear amen? Look at scripture now. I want to read TPT here. Romans 6, 6. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? For we, we are co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us. 
the, 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 can you give me NLT in that scripture? Romans 6, 6. NLT 6 to 7. Let me see what it says. NLT. Sorry, I didn't give it to you. Well, if you don't have it, I can go. Okay. We know that our own sinful self were crucified with us so that sin might lose its power in our lives. It's finished. It lost. The power of sin is being devastated, destroyed. It's lost its power. It's gone. Finished. So why are, you, why are you focusing on it? Because you, did, you are not seeing this thing that God did because your eye is in the natural realm. You are looking at yourself, saying, you know, thinking that by doing that, God will have mercy on you. No, you are just being ignorant. Without faith, you can't please God. If you don't believe what he's telling you, you're not going to please him. Let me read Romans 6, 12 in TPT. Romans 6, 12. It says, sin is a dethroned monarch. A dethroned what? Monarch. Let's read it together. One, two, go. Let's go. Sin is a dethroned monarch. So, you must no longer give it the opportunity to rule over your life. It's a dethroned monarch. It's, it's finished. It's gone. Power sin is destroyed. My question is, if, if something is destroyed, if I take this in and destroy it, pieces to put it in the garbage, why should I be talking about it? It's because I don't know it's in the garbage. The reason I'm talking about it is, I wasn't there when they destroyed it, and I, don't, I didn't see what they destroyed. So I am not seeing it. Why? I am not seen in the spirit realm to see God, who is spirit, whose kingdom is not of this world, and to see what he's doing in the spirit for me. I'm not seeing it. I'm carnally minded. So I'll be afraid of sin. So afraid of sin. And whatever you fear will rule over you. You restore it to you rule over you by fear. Are you following me? Oh, and then the devil, every day Satan, they are fighting. This one, this one has been so defeated and paraded publicly. Paraded publicly for the whole world to see that everything he trusted has been taken from him. Everything. He had the power of death. He doesn't have it anymore. Anything he has has been taken from him. The Bible says he was publicly displayed as defeated. Question. If he was defeated publicly, and is it not I don't know he was defeated? And that's why he read that and fighting him. I will quote scripture. We fight not flesh and blood. Because of that, you are fighting him. Okay. I will read another scripture for you. Colossians 2.30, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet caught away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave, he did what? He forgave what? All our sins. 14, he canceled the record of the charges against us, took it away by nailing it to the cross because it was sin that empowered the devil. Now 15, in this way, he disarmed spiritual rulers and the authorities, he shamed them publicly 
by his victory over them on the cross. Will you do better than this? What will you do to enforce to be better than this? Our fight is really the fight of it. So he wants to deceive you. He hasn't been there. He said, no, no, you're under my feet. The scripture is true. You're not going anywhere. You're under my feet. You are not reigning. I reign in Christ. Your power of death has been taken from you. Don't you understand that? That's why the Bible says don't give him space because you can't you can stop him. Can I hear amen? So if we're thinking naturally, we're not, because we're not looking to spirit realm. We're looking to the natural realm. And a lot of people live there. And because they don't live in Revelation, they talk all these things and crowds follow them. And God is his mercy. Sometimes we show us mercy because he knows we don't know it a lot. He says, in Psalm 103, he says, I don't treat you the way you are. But we can do better. And so they can't understand spiritual realities. This struggle. Struggle. First Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man received not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually designed. It's a struggle. If you tell him you're a new creature, it's a struggle. You tell him you're a new creature, you're not what you used to be, it's a struggle. Everything that comes from the Spirit realm, he needs his eyes feeling to verify it. Because that's what he used to. And his eyes can't verify he's a new creature. Can't verify all these things the Bible is saying because Jesus said the words are speaking to his spiritual. Can't verify it so that he thinks it's foolish. He might give it mental accent in church, but inside of him or her, don't accept it. And the thing is that because of that, they can't be controlled by the Holy Spirit. The Bible called them body-ruled people. They are ruled by their senses. So if they feel bad, men, they can explode inside the church. If they feel bad, don't step on their toes. They, hold, they, can, they can go to work. Because their senses, their feeling, what they see, is where they are comfortable. That's what, if, if we call, control them, they feel, yeah, this is the right thing to do. So they do it. And they can argue and defend it. Romans 8.5 Those who live as their human nature tells them to have their minds controlled by what human nature wants. Not by the Spirit of God. Those who live as the Spirit tells them to have their minds controlled by what the Spirit tells them. So they are looking at the things that are seen. Because that's what they very used to verify. If you tell him that God has healed you, if he doesn't see it, he will not. Because all he uses to verify things is his eye, his feeling, everything. And they don't verify spiritual things. Because spiritual world is totally different from the natural world. So if it doesn't rhyme with what they can see, what they can reason, they think it's not true. But spiritual-minded Christians, they don't look at the physical. 
They don't verify things with their eyes and feeling. No, they don't. They verify things by their spirit. They verify things by the peace of God inside of them. They verify it by scripture. And we sing it. If God says it, and I believe it, that stop, please. We sing a lot of things we don't even understand, we don't practice. The Lord told me, he said, he said you say a few people sing. He said a lot of songs you people sing. Many of you don't believe. He said if you believe a little of those things, he said, you, I will sh- this place will shake up. What are the things in your life that God says, I've said it, and you just say, okay, I believe it. And then the, the reverse is happening. You say, no, I still believe it. Spirit-minded Christians don't look at things from the natural point of view. They have another source. They are looking into the kingdom of God. They are looking into the spirit realm because God is a spirit. And God works in the realm of the spirit. God does not speak to your nature, to your, to your physical, natural. It doesn't have conversation with your physical body. It doesn't. It speaks only to your spirit. So the spirit-minded the spirit Christian is looking differently. Remember, the Bible said that God does not see like men. So they see like God. 2 Corinthians 4, 18. Why we look not at the things which are seen? What? How can you be looking at what is not seen? Which means you're really not deploying this eye to see anything. Look not at things which are not seen, but at things which are, we look at the things which are not seen. The kingdom of God is not of this world. God is a spirit. There's another world out there, more real than the natural world. There's another world out there. For the things which are seen are temporal. Their value is limited. But the things which are not seen are eternal. They have a limitless value. So we see eternal things. We see spiritual things. We look into the spiritual. We see into the kingdom of God. We see the arm of the Lord. We see Christ on the cross. We see what he did. We see what he provided. We see the resurrection. We see us there. See us rise with him. What we are seeing is not revealed to the natural. We don't use this. No, no, no. But we see. We see. We are spirit-minded. We are focused. The dominant way of my determining things is not my eye of feeling. It's by what God said. It's by what my eye of understanding is the understanding the Spirit of God gives me that I see. So if you tell him he has cancer, he's laughing. He said, did you hear me? He said, yeah, I heard you. He heard you. He's deaf to what you're saying. Look at Isaiah 42, 19. He's totally deaf to that thing you're saying. Isaiah 42, 19. See how the Spirit of God describes the servants of God. Who is blind but my servant? Oh, really? Yeah, that's what God, my, my, my servants are blind. They don't see the natural thing. Or deaf as my messenger that I sent. 
Who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as the lost servant? 20. Seeing many things, but thou observest not. Opening the ear, but he heareth not. He hearing something else. He sees something else. He has another understanding. And they call him foolish. Because all of them are walking canon. He sees a substance. He sees an evidence. That's not revealed to the natural. He's deaf to the natural. Totally deaf to what I say. Completely. Read it in Isaiah 42, 19. He said, my servant is completely blind. Doesn't see all those things. Because you can't, you can't see with the natural and see with the spiritual eye at the same time. You can't walk in both carnal mind and spirit mind. It's not possible. It's impossible. You close one, you open the other one. When Adam did what he did, his spiritual eye closed, his natural eye opened. He saw he was naked. But he was naked all this one. Hebrew 1, 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So they see a substance. They see a reality. They say, wow, that's true. Absolutely true. They're seeing a substance. They're seeing a reality. They're seeing evidence that what is not seen is true. They're seeing it. They're spirit-minded people. They're deaf to what you're talking about here. What that doctor is saying, they're hearing. They're deaf. They're not seeing anything. They're showing them. They are seeing something. When people say there's a casting down, they say, no, there's a lifting up. We are seeing something. There's something we are seeing. Say, we can't see it. Yeah, but we can see it. And they're looking at where the things that matter is taking place. That superimposes on the one you are, where you take your information from. Where they are looking at is where the power is. The power center of God. Where God Almighty is working. The power center. Man, the power center of God. That's what they are looking at. And what's happening there is what is most important. Nothing supersedes it. Nothing challenges it. Not, what, what God, what, oh my God, if it does, it does it. Hebrew 11, through faith, we understand. What do you understand? That the walls were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. These things that appear, when we focus on them, they are not the things that frame, frame themselves. There is somewhere it's coming from. There is a source. Jesus said, the spirit alone gives life. The flesh profits what? I'm telling you, you know, the, the Lord prompted me to make some, you know, small investments financially just a few days ago. And I woke up this morning, I saw an alert that some amount had been paid into my account. Hey, why am I even saying it? I hope my wife hasn't heard it. So I woke up and the Lord said to me, remember the investment you made? I said, yeah. he said, you sow, you reap. State of New Jersey paid me my amount, I forgot. They say you sow you reap. You sowed it, and I got double God's economy. 
I got twice. Brethren, if you live in the if you live in the realm of this, if you are spirit, spiritually minded, you do a lot of foolish things, a lot of very risky stuff, extremely risky. But like, like um, this this woman that said, "If I perish, I what?" But she didn't perish. You will never, never be put to shame. Impossible. It might look like things have gone berserk. Forget about it. God will never lie to you. Can I hear him? It's impossible for God to lie to you. Practical, God will move heaven and earth to keep his word. Because otherwise he becomes a liar. Practical, very, very impossible. So let's look at Paul and learn from him. You know, Paul was carnally minded at a point. He was, oh my God. He was so focused on the natural things and they brought him frustration. He brought him failure, confusion. Totally confusion. In Romans 7 verse 14. So he began to write. He said, so the trouble is not with the law for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me. For I am all too human. He's talking about himself as a human. He has identified himself. I'm all too human. These are the natural thing. Identifying himself as human. A slave to sin. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right. But I don't do it. Is that failure? Instead, I do what I hate. 16, but if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree with the law is good though, so I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That's his testimony. That, that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what, do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Isn't isn't where many people are? But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is still living in me that does this. Verse 24. Oh, put 24. Can we read 24 together? Oh, what a what? Miserable person. Does that sound like victory? I'm asking. I'm all human. How can a human overcome sin? How can a human, the arm of the flesh, do anything? It's failure, galore. Human wisdom, how can it overcome? It's failure, galore. A miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life oh, <laughs> that is dominated by sin and death? I'm on, this is terrible. I, I don't have answer to this. Verse 25. Let's read verse 25. One to go. Thank God. The answer is what? Christ Jesus. So he found the answer. Now, let, let, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. How his life was radically, radically transformed. Completely. And he said it himself. Radically transformed. Paul went through the process of growth like everybody else. 
radical. If you if you watch him before, where you where he will come and tell people, you know, you you the, you, you you see the sun again. <laughs> and watch his language later; it was so different. Watch his language much much later. You see where he's calling the Corinthians, my beloved. My, these are people insulting him, calling him. He called them beloved, beloved of the Lord. If it's me, I won't write like that. You will see Paul. You will see the progress in his life. If you see it in all his writing, you will notice it. Look at his testimony now, 2 Corinthians 5. Are you following me? 2 Corinthians 5 16. So from now on, we don't think of anyone from a human point of view. Remember, he said, I'm all human. <laughs> I'm all human. I'm seeing myself from a human point of view. Identify myself from a human point of view. That's called carnal mindedness that focuses on the physical. He said, I'm done with that. It's over. If we think of Christ from a human point of view, we don't anymore. We are now looking into the spirit realm and seeing what Christ has done. 17. Whoever is a believer in Christ is a new Christian. It's a new creature. It's a new creature. It's a new creation. The old way of living has disappeared. You see, his testimony has changed. He's not giving testimony of what happened in the spirit realm, what Christ did, what God did, the arm of the, the Lord, the arm of the Lord, what God did for him. He's not testifying about it. He's no more, I'm all human. Whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creature. The old way of living has disappeared. A new way of living has come into existence. I'm reading, I'm reading God's word translation. God has done all this. The arm of the Lord, I can see it. I can see it. Brethren, where do you see the new creature? You can't see it with physical eye. But Paul said, I can see it. I don't, I don't consider this natural realm anymore. That's why I got frustrated. But you see this realm? God, the arm of the Lord, did all of this. He has restored our relationship with him. You see, the testimony continues. Through Christ, and has given us this ministry of restoring relationships. In other words, God was using Christ to restore his relationship with humanity. He didn't hold people's cause against them. And he has given us the message of, of restored relationships to tell others. He said, my relationship with God is restored through Christ. I'm a new creature. The arm of the Lord did this. This is who I am. It's no more Paul. I'm all human. No. It's Paul, the new creation. Created by God. Can I hear amen? Then Romans 6, 4. His testimony is not done. For we, died, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, so we also be raised with him. Since we have been united with, uh, united with him in his death, we, we will also be raised to life as he was. Six, we know. He said, this is what I now know. What do you know? That our all sinful self was crucified with Christ. So 
So that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves of to sin. So there's no frustration anymore. So who will deliver me from this body? No, 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 no. I found answer here. I found the answer right here. That's what God did. It's no more saying who is. No, no, that's not going who. No, it's done. We see no man after the flesh anymore. We don't see Christ after the flesh anymore. We are seen in the realm of the spirit. Our mind is being renewed. We see who we are. We see what God did. We see our freedom. We see our healing. We see who we are. And then the thing begins to work in us. All issues come from the heart. When you see it, when you believe it, it's your reality. It's as simple as ABCD. Verse 7, Romans 6, 7. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. What? Yep, this is the man who was saying, who would deliver me from? No, no, he said, we are set free, I'm free. I don't need further deliverance, I'm done, it's over. Eight, and since we died with Christ, we know also that we also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and we will never die, I will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. Yet now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin. Consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Case closed. Can the church say amen to that? Uh, is that all the amen we can say? What changed? What changed? He said, I'm no more going to see things from human point of view. There's something glorious here. He said, wow, God has reconciled me to himself through Christ. What? And I've been set free from the power of sin. He said, I'm a new creature. He said, the old Paul died. What am I struggling with? This, this is dead. It's buried. I'm raising a new person. And he wrote to Romans, and he wrote to you a letter. I want to read your letter publicly. Everybody should hear your letter from Paul. Paul wrote to you Romans 5.21. Listen to the letter he wrote to you. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules. He said, well, well don't we sin? Stop talking about it. He said, there's something that rules now. The grace of God that Bringing salvation to what? All men. The grace of God is that Christ is reigning by his activity of mercy. Activity of mercy. It's of the Lord's mercy we are not consumed. And his mercy is new every day. Grace is divine mercy in operation. This is the day of mercy. Acceptable year of the when God is accepting people and there is forgiveness of sin because of the blood. Grace is reigning people. Ha! Huh. The, the Lord told me something. He said, do you know? He said, where sin abounds, my grace is more powerful than sin. He said, through, sin I through my grace, I deliver people. I turn them to become who they couldn't make themselves. All by my grace. My grace is more powerful than sin. Because my grace is my act for mankind. 
shouldn't you be praising God for his grace that is reigning over you? The, the one woman said, he said to the Lord, he said, show me mercy. He said, my mercy is abundant in your life already. Abundant in your life. He says that too. Of course, the scripture said that I will receive abundance of uh, grace. He said to Paul, my grace is all you need. And it's sufficient for you in all situations. But you know, the carnal-minded person will not recognize that. You think it's nothing. Do you have anything better than the grace of God? Let me read it again. Romans 5.21. So just as sin ruled all over, over our people and brought them to death, sin brought them to death, but grace brought us to life. Now, God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Can, can I hear another MM here? Man, this calls for dancing. Maybe you call the choir and we we'll dance for a little bit. This is very, very interesting. Look at Romans 5.17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. This is Paul writing, still giving testimony. But even greater is God's wonderful grace. And his gift of righteousness. For all who have received it, we live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus. It's no more who will deliver me from this. No, no, he said, we're living in triumph over sin. We're living in triumph over death. Death has no more power over us because in Christ Jesus, we don't die. Spiritual mindedness solves the problem. It's all coming from the mind. What do you believe? What do you believe? And we are radically, you know, you know, to be transformed is to be is to have a radical change. A radical change, a radical change in form and character. That's what transformation means. So God says in Isaiah 45:22, look unto me and be saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. 23, I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Surely one shall say, in the Lord have I, what? Righteousness. And strength. Even him shall mean Come, and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified and shall glory. Paul was glorying in the Lord and said, look at what he did. He made me righteous, made me a new creature. He made me reign. I'm reigning over sin because the Lord is the strength of my life. I can do all things now. Spirit-mindedness. Saw from the heart. So the Bible says we shouldn't think like this world. Why? Because this world, they don't know God now. So all they think about is things of this world. They reason from things of this world. Talk from things of this world. They laugh at God. They really laugh at God. First John 4, 5. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world. What else will they speak about? Oh, you are, do you think your television speaks for God? Let me tell you here and now. 
All, the, only thing, the only voice that speaks for God in television is if there's an evangelist preaching or any, anybody preaching the gospel, that's all. Every other thing is the world. Every nation from America to Nigeria is as good as its spiritual roots. Every nation. Don't look for the trouble of a nation among politicians. Look for the trouble in the church. If the church is what God made it to be, it will transform a nation. I told somebody in Nigeria, I said, you people are talking about P2B, thank God for a good character, but if your faith is in a human being, we have already failed. You trust in the arm of the flesh? I said, we have already failed. The answer that God gave this world is the church. The light of God. That's where God is. God is not in politicians. That's where God is in the church. Every nation is as healthy as strong as its spiritual root. Every nation. And if a nation fails, because the church failed. Look at the history of this country. When the church was powerful in this nation, they were, they were doing their laws from the church. The laws of this country were written right from the church. The church would tell them what to do in D.C. and they go and do it. It was the light of the world. Jesus, the light of the world, lit up the church. But the light now is too small. If it's too small, if, we, if, if it's the only one bulb we have here, what can we see? I said, hey, 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 if our country has Christians who understand that they are the light of the world and they go to the airport and light up the place and somebody lights up the place in another, in another ministry and then you go to the, and they say, that's one sister, if you go to her office, she will attend to you. She won't take bribe from you. A light is, is there. Woom, 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 woom. If they have 10 of them there, that ministry will serve people. You are waiting for a bee. <laughs> waiting for politicians. They are not the ones. Except the Lord builds. People, I'm telling you. Every family is as strong as his spiritual root. I'm not kidding. If you think your dollar in the bank is what we hold you, you haven't seen anything. So the, the people of the world, they think about is <laughs> worldly, worldly things. The Bible says, don't think like them. You have something more powerful than what they have. You are of God, little children. You don't belong to this world. You came from heaven. Born of the spirit. You are a carrier of God. You are the temple of the living God. You are not like them. Don't think like they think. They don't know God. They can't do. That's all they can do. Talk about things of this world. Argue about things of this world. You know, all their reason is about this world. That's it. Their language is about this word. First John 4, 5. They are of the word, therefore speak they of the word, and the word hearing them. Oh, of course. The word we hear them. We are of God, so we are different. All we have to tell them is the gospel. We have one message for the whole world. Give your life to who? Jesus. That's all. All this sitting down talking politics is waste of opportunity. When they finish politics, say, I have something to say. Say, what is it? I want us, can we give our life to Jesus? 
Because politics won't give them salvation. All that talk won't give them salvation. Except Christ. We miss tremendous opportunity. And the devil deceives us. We talk us every other thing, but except the only thing that we should tell them, Christ himself. Romans 12.2 Stop imitating the ideas and the opinions of the culture around you. That's being soundly carnal-minded. If they wear rag, you wear rag. I mean, crazy people. It's only, where I come from, only mad people wear rag. They wear rag, you wear rag. Say it's fashion. I've never seen anything like this. I think the good fashion is to wear something that covers your big areas and to make you look good. Not do something that, you know, exposes you. Things that people shouldn't see. Everybody's seen it. He said, why are you doing this fashion? Whose fashion? The God of this world? Why not rebel against it? Rebel against it as I don't belong to you. Your God won't control me. I'm going to wear to please my God. Can I hear amen, church? I'm going to wear this to give glory to Jesus. I'm focused only on him. I don't care what people think about me. It's Pastor Fasharate. Pastor Fasharate, somebody came to me and said, your, your wife doesn't know fashion. I said, leave her for me. She's my wife. Is he your wife? Her fashion is all I want. Whether she wears Mary Amaka or not, I am happy. Leave my wife for me. That case ended right there. <laughs> She was telling me, he said, Pastor, the devil is so bold. He said, I love my wife the way she is. Now. Whatever she wears, I'm happy about it. See, these people, they want her to wear stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total transformation of total transformation of how you think. It comes from the heart. Comes from the heart. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful life. Beautiful life. We have a beautiful Jesus. You know, beautiful life. Satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Not in the eyes of the world. In his eyes. Oh, in his eyes. So the Bible said that Christians now, we should meditate on the things of heaven. Spiritual things. Leave the worldly things alone. Colossians 3, 2. Think about the things of heaven. Let's read it together. Think about what? Things of heaven. Not what? Things of the earth. Otherwise, you become carnal-minded. Think about things of heaven. Not the things of earth. For, for you what? You die to this life longest time. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Paul said, ah, I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. I'm not in Christ. If any man is in Christ, he's what? Yeah, he said, I'm in Christ now. Your new life is now hidden with Christ in God. 
verse 4. And when Christ who is now your life is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory now. Think about the things of heaven. That's what we should be thinking. Yeah? Proverbs 4.20. My son, attend to my words. Don't listen to the words of the world. They have their things. They have their music. They have their, they have their words. They, and they make it so attractive. So attractive. Incline thy ear unto my saying, my son. Let them not depart from their eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. The issues of your life come from there. Let my word be there so that you will control what you believe and my will will manifest for you. Keep it in the midst of your heart. 22. For they are life unto those who find them and health to all their flesh. 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it comes all the issues of life. Philippians 4.8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. And honorable. And right. And pure. And lovely. And admirable. If it's true, but it's not honorable, and it's not lovely, you have no business thinking of it. And the devil will bombard your mind with all those kind of things. Oh my God. He, w- he won't let you rest. He will bring this, bring that, bring this, bring that. He wants you to think on those things, blemish them. Some of them might be true, but it's not lovely. It's not lovely. It's not admirable. It's not honorable. It doesn't qualify. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. About people, about yourself, about God. Don't look down on yourself. Condemn yourself as if God didn't create you in glory. You are a child of God. You are a son of the living God. Can I hear amen? Don't let the devil talk you down. You are worth a lot that God died for you. Your value is beyond rubble. He took God's son to die for you. So he says, he says, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So we don't become kanama. The world doesn't think like this. They don't. Colossians 3.16. Am I, am I shooting above your head? If you are following me, shout hallelujah. Let the message about Christ, <laughs> that's what is key here now, in all his sweetness, fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with the wisdom he gives you. Not the wisdom the world gives you. The wisdom he gives you. So you are spiritual minded. Sing psalms and hymns. Spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. No murmuring, complaining. 17. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks through him to God the Father all the time. That's why the Bible says, for you to live in this peace that the world can give you. Because the, if you live in this world with this carnal mindedness, you never have the peace of God. All that is in there is trouble, wahala, you know, gossips. Not to say they're just, just things that are just useless. What means? Anger, resentment, this person did this to me, didn't do this. 
Let me even ask us, what is the value of all that? Tell me the spiritual value of all that. He did this to you. Okay, he did it to you. Okay, what's the spiritual value of all that talk? What they did to you, you've done it to somebody. If we should be honest. And what you did to God, are we going to talk about it? No, but we we'll hold on. You know, I, I used to be very foolish. It's really foolish. I was thinking about myself. I said, Lord, whoa, you saved me. I used to be so, so foolish. I used to think about, you know, my wife did this to me. I'm telling you now, don't tell anybody. I used to think, you know, she did this, and I hold it against her. And then I'll be looking for a way to get vengeance. I used to do all that. <laughs> you know, I, these days I think about them. My mind goes back. I said, how could I be that stupid? What kind of life was that? And in the midst of that, I was miserable. And the person I was doing this to was, was always laughing, always good to me. I'm telling you, we passed all through these things. And what did she do? Nothing. Nothing. I'm telling you. Isaiah 46, 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he's trusted in thee. This peace is storm. That peace will stay. No matter what it is. God, God called this perfect what? Peace. The world cannot give it to you. I don't care what that news is. God is the one that said, I will keep you in perfect peace, because you are spiritually minded. Your mind is on me, not on the world. Keep you in perfect peace. Let me show us about Abraham. You know, Abraham was also very carnal minded. And God, God changed his mind. When God changed his mind and he became spiritual minded, Abraham's life was radically changed. That's why the Bible says, Be you renewed by the transforming. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. So your life will be transformed, radically changed the way you think from carnal to spiritual. Look at Abraham, Genesis 15. After this thing, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, fear not, Abraham. I thought if you hear this, you'll be very excited. Fear not, Abraham. I'm thy seed, and thy seed in great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, <laughs> what will you give me? Seeing I have, I go what? Childless. See, look at me. What are you talking to me about? He couldn't believe the word of God. Because he was focused on himself and Sarah and their situation. He was carnally minded. That's what carnal mindedness does. It will stop you from seeing what God is in. Even when God speaks to you, you won't believe it. Then he gave God his plan. <laughs> he gave God his plan. So Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go to this and the and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. Since you can't give me a child, can you let Eliezer be? Forget about it. You're done. He gave God this plan. Verse 3. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, no, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, this shall not be thy hair 
but he that shall come forth out of thy own bowels shall be the hair. This shall not be the hair. I'm God Almighty. The one that shall come forth out of you will be your hair. And God said to Abraham, come out. Let me show you my mighty work I have done. It will bamboozle you, I'm God. So he brought him and said, look at the stars. And God opened his eyes. The man saw, he couldn't count them. He said, that's what my hand did. My hand created this. God took his eyes off of him and his wife and put it on the power of God. Paul said, your face should be on the power of God. So he brought him out and said, this is what I did, Abraham. God, he saw the universe for the first time the way he's ever seen it. The thing boggled his mind. He had instant change of heart. Let's read it now. Verse 5. And he brought him forth, brought, and said, look now towards heaven. We should be looking where? Yeah, he said, things on heaven, things on high. Say, look to heaven. You are looking to earth. Abraham, stop looking to earth. Look to heaven. Look to heaven. Let the affection be on things on high, where Jesus is. Look to heaven, Abraham. What verse is that? Verse 5. And brought him him abroad and said, look now towards heaven, not the earth. Tell the stars if thou would be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. What verse is interesting. And he believed who? In the Lord. And he counted it for righteousness. He saw. God said, take your eyes off of this carnal world and look to heaven. That's to the church. Take your eyes off of your shortcomings and this carnal world. All the report they gave you, the sickness diagnosis, take your eyes off it. Look to heaven. David said, from whence cometh my what? Heart. Coming from heaven. Look to heaven. See what I'm doing. Can you count it? Abraham said, you are God. Yes, sir. I believe you now. And then look at what happened. Abraham's mind changed. He locked himself out of the carnal world and locked himself into the spirit world of what God is doing. Exactly what happened. Look at Romans chapter 4, 17. And as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. God said, now nah, God said, I made you a brother. Remember, God said to him, I'm your great, great, exceeding great reward. He said, what are you talking about? He didn't bless me. Now look at Romans 4, 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him, whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as they were. You see, his, his testimony now changed. He said, God quickens the dead and God calls those things which be not as they were. 18. Who against hope, in a hopeless situation, believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to what God spoke. So shall thy seed be. 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. Now, he was considering his body before. God said, take your eyes off there and look to heaven. Now, he, was, he considered not his own body. Not his own body, now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet this deadness of Torah's womb. This, he took his eyes off this. Carnal-minded people wouldn't see the great things God is doing. I'm telling you. 
We have to change it too. You have to really take your eyes and become really spiritual minded so you can see the substance and the evidence of what God is doing in Christ Jesus for you. You see, the new, you see yourself as a new Christian. see yourself healed. You see yourself that the old man is buried. You are not who they tell you. You don't know. But you have a new family line. You are a member of the family of God. God is your father. That's what you are talking about. Gone. In heaven, they won't identify you with that. Even on earth, you are a child of God. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. If you understand me, shout hallelujah. Verse 20. Verse 19. And be not weak in faith, consider not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, now that he had the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not. Remember when God said to him before, he staggered. But now he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. His language has changed. He's burst into the realm of the spirit where the power is. He's seen the glory. He's seen the power. He's seen God. He said, this God caused things that are not as if they were. He says, the almighty. He burst into praise. Men, the spirit realm is a place of praise. It's a place of worship. It's a place of victory. There is nothing that will, nothing there that will depress you. Nothing. Because you are seeing the glory of God. You are seeing what people don't see. You have lifted your eyes off the world to heaven. From whence cometh my help. And the devil knows that. I, can I continue? Can I continue? If you want me to continue, shout hallelujah. And the devil knows that the issues of your life will come from your heart. So he's heavily invested in it. Oh, you think he will let you alone? No, 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 no. He's seriously invested in it. He wants to invade your heart. That's why he brings all this thought about this person did this to you. This way, I see how I spoke to you. He won't let you rest. He will bring you all manner of thoughts, immoral thoughts, things you don't know where they're coming from. I will bombard your mind with it all the time. He's so, because he knows that if he can penetrate your mind, he will control your life. He knows that. Somebody said the devil is in the thought. If he can shift you away from Jesus onto this world, his job is done. Because he knows that canal minded people won't receive anything from God, won't even believe God, and they can't please God. His job is done. And he tried it on um, 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 Adam and Eve, and he succeeded. But he came to try it on Jesus and failed. He could try it on you and me. In Matthew 16, 23, Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. Get out of here. You are a dangerous trap to me. See the trap. You are seeing things from, merely from human point of view, not from God. It's a dangerous trap, devil. Get out of here. You want me to be carnal-minded? Are you drunk? You want me to see things from a human point of view? It's a dangerous trap. You set it to Adam and Eve, you got them. But you can't get the second Adam. It's not possible. He said, you get out of here. He will always do that. In any situation, he will bring, oh, he, he has a lot of unbelieving believers or a lot of fire extinguishers. They will come 
I want to introduce all this, you know, you know, you know, you need to be wise. Quit wisdom. Being wise, where? Wisdom comes from the mouth of God. Is that which he says? That's wisdom. That's it. We shall live by every word that proceeded what? Out of his mouth. We have all advisors. All friends of Job will come. Be careful. And some will give it to you and say it's prophecy. It's a lie. Don't even align with scripture. All that glitters, it's not good. And so the scripture says to us in Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues. Keep it with all. Protect it with all. You know what diligence means? Diligence means persistence, continuous perseverance. Persistent. And we use the weapons of God. The weapons of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 10, 14. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. That's against the devil. Because it will attack your mind. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Five, we demolish arguments that the devil brings in your heart and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Every thought that comes that's against the knowledge of God, you demolish it with the word of God. You open your mouth and say, if you want to overcome thoughts, speak. You can't, over, you can't fight thought with thought, but you can, you can overcome thoughts with words. There's power in words. You use the word of God and speak and say, this is not God, this is devil. Shut up, get out of here. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, obedient to the word of God. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, you have your job. You have your assignment. The Bible says, take it captive. Don't let it room in your mind. Take it captive. It's the devil. And to be equipped now, we have to be really equipped with the word of God. Acts, Acts 2.42. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer. Continue steadfastly in studying the doctrine, of the, the word of God, be sound in doctrine, in fellowship. So you come to Bible studies, you go to life centers, you, in fellowship. So that they teach the word of God there, breaking of bread and in prayer. Now, I'm going to jump to my last verse, to my last, I have a lot, but I'm going to jump so that I close you. Can I hear amen? I think you've taken enough for today. Now, let's go to what Job said in Job 33:17. In order to turn man from his deed and conceal pride from him, he keeps back his soul from the pit. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Job was prophesying about the, the coming of Christ and what Christ will achieve. Man is also chastened with pain on his bed and with strong pain in many of his bones so that his life abhors bread and his soul succulent food. His flesh wastes away from sight 
and his bones stick out. We are once we are not seen. Yes, his soul draws near to the pit and, he, and his life to the executioner. It says in verse 23, if there is a messenger for him, a mediator for him, one among a thousand to show man his uprightness, then he is gracious to him and says, deliver him from going down the pit. I have found the ransom. Job is prophesying that when, when there's a mediator who pays the ransom for your life, God will deliver you from every sickness and every pit of hell. That's what he's saying here. And then in verse 25, put 25. I want us to read 25. Let's read 25. One to go. His flesh shall be what? Young like a child. He shall return to his, the days of what? His youth. Verse 26. He shall pray to God and he will delight in him. He shall see his face with joy for he restores man his righteousness. He said God will restore us to, to health. And brethren, a ransom has been found. A mediator has been found. And the time of restoration is today. Now look at First Timothy 2.5. For there is one God and one mediator. So we're looking for a mediator who's been found between God and man. The man Christ Jesus overseas. Who gave himself a ransom. A mediator has been found. A ransom has been found. And the Bible says, if he finds a ransom, God will deliver him from the pit. So we found the ransom in Christ Jesus. We found the mediator in Christ Jesus. So God's deliverance from the pit is our portion. So now, I want to tell you something. Healing is right there with you. Healing is where? Right there with you. It was provided once a ransom was found. Once the mediator was found. Healing was given to us. Right there. It's there in you. Right there in you. In the Holy Communion, we are going to celebrate what has been given to us already. I think we sing it. He has given us what? Victory. Isn't healing part of it? Healing is in your body right there. I'm telling you now, it's been given to you. We say, Pastor, where is it? I'll show you where it is now. Ephesians 3.20. Now, unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh where? Come on. Where does it work? It's under the power that he laid it. Isn't that, is, it, is it a different power? Is it not that power that heals us? Is it not the power of God? Is it not the spirit of God? He said, God is working according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all ages, world without end. And we say, Amen. a mediator has come, mediated peace between you and God. Ransom has been paid. Ransom is you are taking captive. Somebody paid for you to be free. And Job said, the moment a mediator is found, Ransom is found that God will send and say, release him quickly because payment has been made on his behalf. And he sent his spirit into us to execute these things. The power that worketh in us is executing these things that Jesus has achieved for us. You have healing in you. The spirit of God is working in you. Abundantly above all you can ask or what? That power that healeth is working in you right now. All you are doing at the Holy Communion is celebrate it. Declare it. Declare it. 
Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. Say so. Say so. Say so. Say so. The power of God is working in me. The healing power of God is working in me. Healing is my portion. It's not going to give me. It's right there. A ransom has been paid for me. A mediator has been found. I have peace with God. And all the blessings of God are mine. The spirit of God is healing me. I told you yesterday, I said, allow him. You have a doctor on your case. It's the spirit of God that walketh in you. There is no sickness he can't dismantle. There is nothing about you can dismantle. He, look, he said, he's walking, he's on your case, man. He's on your case. You know what he's doing? He says, a ransom has been paid for him. Mediation has been done. You must leave him alone. The Bible says he came to execute these things. Perform it. Reveal Christ to us. So we can see that the cross is real. Is anybody ready to celebrate it today? Can I hear a big amen? Yeah. So we're going to this Holy Communion. We celebrate it. That healing is in me. It's working in me. It's restoring me. It's, it's a, there's a doctor on my case. And that is Jesus. Praise the Lord, church. Uh, I want to hear a big hallelujah. Yeah. I mean that I've been talking for one hour, 30 minutes. I'm not tired. <laughs> you shouldn't be tired. I want to hear a big Hallelujah. So I want my daughter to help us out. Uh, can we appreciate her? She's always on time, you know. No matter when I call, she will come from very far distance. Very far distance. Honestly, very, very far distance. She will come set up this thing. And then she and her team will help us after. We should appreciate people like this. There's no service that is small in the eyes of God. We really appreciate her and her team, all of them that do this. Thank you so very much for what you do. God will bless you for us. That's why you're looking younger every day. To God be the glory. Did you get anything today? That's awesome. Let me pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you. As we celebrate this Holy Communion, we consecrate the elements in the name of God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We celebrate our healing. A ransom has been paid. Paid in full for our freedom. The Bible says he purchased our freedom. A mediator has been found. He mediated peace between you and us. So you accept us in Christ now. His blood washed away our sin. And so your spirit can live in us. And that spirit is the spirit that healeth. The Lord that healeth us. We are celebrating our healing. That's a doctor on our case. That is the doctor Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. Blessed be thy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.